Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. To mark World Wetlands Day, Alison is off to Hawke's Bay. She meets Emma Williams, a PhD student at Massey University, who is studying the nationally endangered wetland bird, the Australasian bittern. My project is on developing monitoring methods for cryptic species. So cryptic species that we're in search of today, the bittern. Yes, indeed. The most elusive and cryptic of all species. <laughs> OK, well, we'll find out a bit more, but we're just getting our kayaks ready to launch into the lake. What's the lake's name? This is Lake Fatima, which is near to Waipukarau in okay. Hawke's Bay. OK, and you've already pointed out that there are bitterns booming. So I think of kakapo booming, but bitterns boom the same? They do, they do indeed. And, and John, who's with us, actually lives next door to the lake, so he can hear them from his bedroom while he's lying in bed. But um, we've been coming here to work out how many bitterns are here, and now we're testing some monitoring methods because we know how many bitterns are here. We're able to use it as um, an area to test our new methods that we're then going to use elsewhere in the country. Excellent. Well, let's get on the water and get the show on the road, as they say. Okay. So we're out on the water and you're just taking note of the lake depth, which looks to me to be pretty high. It is. This is, um, the locals tell me, the water is the highest it's been in eight years. Um, So that's quite exciting. So it's been interesting to see what's happened to our bitterns um, now that the lake is flooded like that. And we've got, on the lake, we have seven bitterns with radio transmitters on them, which means that we can still find them, even though they're in the thick, dense Raupo, um, and you can't actually see them. Fantastic. So we started off as a party of four, and John and Henry are paddling off in the, the distance. So they're going to go and check the southern end of the lake? That's true. They're going to go and look for Elvis Presley and Howard Morrison. Come again? Elvis Presley and Howard Morrison? <laughs> yeah, so each of the bitterns that has a radio transmitter on them is named after a deceased crooner. Um, and that's because it's only the males that boom, um, and when they make the beautiful booming noise, it's thought to be to attract the female and also to keep other males away. So because of that, we decided to call all of our boys um, after crooners. So Elvis Presley, Howard Morrison, who else have you got? Then we have Barry White, Bing Crosby, Prince Tuiteke, Louis Armstrong and Tama Tomoana. Tama Tomoana is a relative of the local iwi who had a very nice voice and um, was a very good singer. Okay, so we're heading to the northern end and who are we going to hear? Hopefully. (laughs) We're going to go and swing by Barry White and see if we can find him. And then we will head down towards Prince Tuiteke because he's been the loudest bird on the lake lately. So I reckon Prince might be a good one to um, have a listen to closely. And off in the distance, which we won't be able to hear on the microphones yet, there's another bitten booming. There is. Which is that sound that you make when you blow across the top of like an empty soft drink bottle. It is. It's a very low, deep baritone noise. We're near the edge of the lake, so who's territory is this? So this is Barry White's territory. He was actually the first bitten that we ever caught um, 
And he was a lovely boomer last year, but he's a bit quiet this year. So if we just see one of these things, we're, we're in all the raupo and there are lots of, sort of dead sticks of raupo and new growth coming through. What's a bittern going to look like in amongst all of this? Pretty much the same as the raupo. So exactly like that. The plumage is um, light brown and dark brown streaks. And when they see us coming, they'll go into what's called the freeze pose, which is where they straighten themselves up and they point their beak towards the sky. And it means that all those lines, all those streaky lines, line up exactly with the raupo and look exactly like it. It makes them very difficult to see. So they just blend into the background. So they're looking for a tall, thin, brown bird. Basically, yes. <laughs> I have had bitterns that I've seen them and then they've gone into the freeze pose, as you, like you'd expect, and then I'm just bringing my binoculars up to have a look and all of a sudden they've gone. And you're like, where on earth have they gone? And you start walking towards and they all of a sudden flush up. And what's happened is they've actually flattened themselves down horizontally on the ground. So that's another thing that they can do that most people don't know about. And then they completely disappear. You don't even see them looking like Raupo. They've just gone. OK, so I'm looking for both a tall, thin brown bird and a flat brown pancake. And a flat brown <laughs> pancake, exactly. <laughs> Bittens are so smart that if it's windy, um, they'll even sway with the wind to make themselves blend even more. Masters of disguise. Masters of disguise, yes. Well, Barry White, if he's out there, is remarkably quiet, so what's your plan now? OK, we'll go and head and have a listen um, for Prince Tuitheka, who's just a little bit further down the lake. Echoing around the lake, that booming. Yeah, so that bird was very close. That was within about 40 metres of us. I have to say that just sitting here listening to that bird, even the distant booming birds are registering on my metres, which is amazing. It's interesting that you say that. I'm not surprised because that's why I think they're booming peaks around this time. Yeah, so the wind has dropped. It's cool. Yep. And the air is just that little bit thicker, so it'll be carrying the sound further. Yeah. And what bitterns do when they, when they want to start booming is they'll create a bit of a platform. just wanted to add one in there, didn't he? <laughs> so he's been doing four and then we just got five out of them. <laughs> <laughs> but just before he starts booming, he'll actually jump up and down and create a bit of a platform for himself, so a little bit of a bowl. Um, and so sometimes you'll see them, this little bit of brown just hopping up and down on top of the velvet. It's quite cool. Um, and then when he's quite happy with um, his platform, he'll hunker down so he'll crouch and puff himself up, and that's when he'll start to boom. And what's he using to make the sound? Like, how's he producing that sound? It's just air, compressed air, that he's pushing out. 
through his foot, through his esophagus, exactly like a bagpipe, exactly how you would do that. So if you imagine that the long neck of the pigeon is the actual pipe itself that's sticking out, and his body is that bag, that bag that's underneath the arms, and then when a Scotsman wants to make his noise, he just squeezes his, uh, his bag, and out all that air comes rushing out through the pipe. That's exactly what a pigeon's doing. And it's remarkable because you can actually hear him breathing in first, like it's sort of <gasps> boom, <gasps> boom. Are they here all year round or just part of the year? We thought that some of them would be here all year round, but we've just been following them over the last 12 months and we were quite surprised that they all left, all the boys left. Um, we think that was to do with the dropping of the water levels as it got very dry here, January, December time, and all the water and where all the food was was in the centre of the lake rather than the outskirts of the lake. And the Raupo that we've been talking about tonight is right on the edge of the lake. It actually um, is a thin fringe that goes around the lake. And so if the water's in the middle, there's no cover for the bittern to hide while they forage. Um, and so I think that's why they left. What are they feeding on? Um, small, um, small eels and small fish. Mm. Um, and but the f- they, they can be opportunistic, sorry, and uh, go for frogs and things like that as well. Anything that's um, in a nice concentration and is in shallow water, they seem to need um, shallow water to be able to catch their prey. Yes, go some pesky Australians. <laughs> so they'll build their nest in the Raupo? Uh, yes, they will. The female will build her nest. Does the boy give her a hand or does she no. just do well, it all on her own? We actually don't know for our bittern, but for all the other bittern species, it's gills only girl's only job so she'll build it and apparently she'll even chase him away if he gets too close because she doesn't want him to reveal where she is but she will be within 50 or 60 meters of where the boy is and so far that seems to be true for our species but there's been so little done on them that we're still just getting a handle on those sorts of things yeah they seem to be one of those really enigmatic birds they're right under our noses but we know hardly anything about them. Exactly. So when they left the lake here, it was actually even worse because they turned up on people's farmlands in those little tiny patches of Raupo that's along Spring Creeks. So they'd be right there under people's noses and nobody would ever know. And they're not booming, so you'd never hear them. So that was quite interesting. And those birds that were travelling, how far did they travel? One of them we lost, so um, we never picked up his signal again for eight months until he turned up back here. So we think he went a very long way. But the furthest one that we... It's not a bad thing to be interrupted by a bittern, is it really? (laughs) It's a luxury problem. (laughs) Um, The furthest one that we actually found was um, 15 kilometres south of here. And all the others were within that 15-kilometre radius. There was only one that disappeared that we think might have gone a bit further. So they're clearly capable of flying if they choose to. Well, one in Australia, a juvenile, has gone over 550 kilometres. It crossed two state borders in Australia. So who knows? Um, who knows what? It was Tama to, to Moana that disappeared, and who knows how far he went. He could have been in the South Island.
Have you managed to put transmitters on any female birds? That's the plan this year. So first of all, we've got to work out how to catch them because they don't come into the traps. They don't respond in, to the booming call in the same way. So we've not been able to catch them in the same way that we got these males. So to catch these males, you were using pre-recorded calls and getting them to come in. So we kind of did the same as you did tonight. and We snuck up on them and recorded them and then played the call back to them on a big boom box um, that was sitting on top of a trap. And at the back of the trap was a mirror. And so the booms got the boys in and then as they got close, they'd see their reflection in the mirror and then go into the trap. So it is getting quite dim out here. Do they continue booming into the dark? Yeah, they do. So they'll go um, probably for another half an hour and then they'll still boom, but it will start to tailor off again. Well, what do you want to do now? What's the plan? Yeah, this is not one that we've caught, so we'll come back. Yeah, so we'll probably come back and have a go at catching him at some point. See if we can put a transmitter on him. Because he's a mighty fine boomer. He is. Might have a lady or two hanging around here as well. So, John, we've rendezvoused. How was your end of the lake? Oh, we've had quite a good evening, really. We've found... Uh four marked birds and two unmarked birds that were booming. Excellent. So who did you have at your end of the lake? We had Elvis, we had Howard, we had Tama and Prince. So all present and accounted for? They are. But interesting that Howard and Tama seem to be pretty much occupying the same spot, a bit of a pond out the back. So whether there's a nice good-looking girl there for them, I'm not sure. So we got two known and three unknown. So we got Louis Armstrong and Barry, um, but Barry never boomed. He was a little bit quiet. So that gives us a total of 11. So time to head on? Time to head home and have some dinner and get warm again. <laughs> Excellent. That was Emma Williams from Massey University, who has just submitted her PhD on bittens. And you also heard from wetland wildlife expert John Cheney. Emma, by the way, has a trained bitten dog, and you can see photos of Emma and Kimmy the dog on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World. Thanks for listening to this Our Changing World podcast. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at rnz underscore science. Matewa. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.